Hello again, this is Edwin Crozier of the Franklin Church of Christ. Thank you for joining us as we open God's Word and learn from it. Another exciting lesson tonight as we look at a Bible character and ask, what would Esther tell us if we could spend 20 or 30 minutes with her and learn from her life? Open your Bibles to the book of Esther and let's spend a half hour with Esther. About 2,500 years ago, about 473 B.C., Ahasuerus was king of Medo-Persia. Many of the Jews were still dispersed throughout Medo-Persia. And there was a man named Haman, who was basically second in command under the king. And one day as he was walking about and everyone was bowing before him and honoring him, there was a guy named Mordecai who didn't. That upset Haman pretty badly. But Haman in his anger decided not just to take it out on Mordecai, but he wanted to take it out on all of Mordecai's people, the Jewish nation dispersed throughout Medo-Persia. He came up with a plan by which the Medo-Persians would just wipe out every Jew throughout the entire empire. Little did he know that Esther, who was the queen, was a Jew and also Mordecai's cousin. Here was Esther, a simple Jewish woman, ordinary person just like you and me, who ended up becoming queen over an entire empire. And ended up being the one who stood in the gap between those who would destroy God's people. And was the one who helped protect God's people. We've all heard the story of Esther. We all know how it ends, or most of us do. Can you imagine what it would be like if Esther were to come and sit down with us for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and just tell us what she learned from that entire event. Tell us the things that we need to know so that we could be like her. Because we can. What are the things that she would teach us? That's what I want us to look at tonight. Would you bow with me in prayer before we do that, please? Our great God and Father in heaven, we are humbled by your mercy and your grace. We are so amazed that you can take a normal and ordinary person like this Jewish girl, Esther, and lift her up to the heights in her civilization as queen, and then use her as the one who would protect your people, your entire nation from destruction. We're amazed at how you work through our choices, even though we have a free will, how you allow your plan to take place through that. And we're just simply in awe, Father. We're thankful that we get to be a part of your plan. And we pray that whether it be a large part or a small part, that you would use us to your glory. Help us to follow in the footsteps of Esther, to serve you, to honor you and glorify you. We pray all these things in your Son's name. Amen. If that's what we're going to spend a half hour with us, I think one of the very first things that she would tell us is we need to be devoted to prayer and we need to get others to pray. When Haman had established his plan, Mordecai heard about it and he started going around fasting with sackcloth and ashes and Esther heard about this. She sent her messenger to him and the messenger came to, to Mordecai and Mordecai told the messenger to go back and say this to Esther. Look in Esther chapter 4. In Esther chapter 4 and verse 9, Hathak, this is the servant, Hathak came back and related Mordecai's words to Esther. 
Then Esther spoke to Hathak and ordered him to reply to Mordecai. Let me back up a bit. I started at the wrong place. Verse 6, Hathak comes out to Mordecai to the city square in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact amount of money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict which had been issued in Susa for their destruction that he might show Esther and inform her and to order her to go into the king to implore his favor and to plead with him for her people. Mordecai sent Hathak back to tell Esther, go into the king and plead on our behalf. After all, Esther, he is your husband. But Esther pointed out that there was one small, tiny problem with Mordecai's plan. In verse 11, she said, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that for any man or woman who comes to the king to the inner court who is not summoned, he has but one law, that he be put to death, unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for these 30 days. He says, God has one, our king has one law. If we go into his presence and he didn't ask us to come, he doesn't want to be bothered. He'll kill us. And it doesn't matter if I'm the wife or I'm the janitor. And he hasn't called me for 30 days. I get the feeling that Esther realizes there's something not exactly right between her and her husband right now. When husband doesn't talk to his wife for 30 days, there's something going wrong. And so Esther's a little bit worried that if she just comes into his presence, he hadn't talked to her for a month, if she just comes into his presence and says, hey, I want a word with you, honey, then he might have her executed. He's already put away one queen. So she sent that back to Mordecai. Mordecai, in verse 13, replied to Esther, Do not imagine that you and the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. And so Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maidens also will fast in the same way, and thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Esther said, all right, I'll do it. But first, you go tell Mordecai to get all the Jews here in the capital city, and you get them to fast. Three days without eating, without drinking. The thing that we need to recognize here is that there is nothing miraculous about not eating food. The issue of saying fast was not just, oh, if we don't eat for three days, that'll take care of this problem. You see, biblical fasting is not just not eating. Biblical fasting is ignoring the physical needs of the body in order to devote yourself to spiritual activity like prayer. And so as Esther sent this message back to Mordecai and as she committed to a three-day fast with her maiden, she wasn't just saying, let's just not eat for three days. What she was saying is, look, this isn't just about me. This is about you. Your lives are on the line. My life is on the line. This is important. We need to take three days and instead of eating, we need to be praying. This was not just a simple request to say a little prayer for me. This was devote yourselves to prayer for three days. Until we have petitioned God for three days, solid, without eating, we're just going to devote ourselves. And all that time we would have spent eating, we're going to be praying to God. Then I will go into the king and I'll talk to him. Now, we can't second-guess God. 
I don't know what God would have done if the circumstance had been different. I don't know what God would have done if Esther had just said, say a little prayer for me, and walked in. What I do know is that after this three-day fast, when we get into chapter 5, it came about on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's rooms, and the king was sitting on his royal throne in the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. When the king saw Esther, the queen standing in the court, she obtained favor in his sight, and the king extended to Esther the golden scepter which was in his hand. So Esther came near and touched the top of the scepter. I don't know what God would have done if they hadn't fasted for those days, if they hadn't prayed for those days, but I do know that they did pray, they did fast, and she had favor in the king's sight. I believe that Esther would teach us that we need to learn to be devoted to prayer. And we need to learn to ask others to pray for us and to be devoted to prayer. How often do we go around and just casually ask others, hey, pray for me? But are there, are there any requests, are there, are there any things that we view as so spiritually important that we would call upon the congregation, call upon our brethren that we know in other places and say, please, I need you to devote yourself to prayer for me. Fast! And pray. That time you remember, this is so important. Don't eat. Pray. So that we can receive God's blessing and God's favor for us. Is there anything that's that important to us? Or is everything something we can just simply with a casual, pray for me? Esther would say, we need to be devoted to prayer. Because God is with us when we pray. Second thing Esther would teach us is you need to use your position to serve God and His people. Have you ever noticed that it's always easier to know the solution to somebody else's problem than to our own problems? Have you ever? I mean, of course, we have no emotional stake in their problem, right, Jimmy? I mean, if I have problems, you know all the answers to my problems, don't you? Yeah, you don't know any of the answers to yours, do you? That's what Gail tells me. You know, the, the reason is is because when you're on the inside of the bottle, it's hard to read the label. We have such an emotional stake in what's going on in our lives, sometimes we're blinded to what is the absolute most natural answer and solution to the problems that are there. And that seems to be the, the, the issue that Esther had. I, when we look at this story, it's just natural. Esther's the queen. Esther's a Jew. What does she need to do? She needs to go to the king, her husband and ask him and plead on behalf of the Jews. But it didn't make that much sense to her. She was thinking about her, her neck and her life. And as she was thinking about that, Mordecai said to her, remember his words, look, don't think, Esther, you're there in the palace. They're going to find out you're a Jew, and Haman's going to have you killed too. But look, God's going to deliver us, whether you step up to the plate or not. But then his words here, where he points out, who knows... Verse 14, who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. That to me is such an interesting statement. He doesn't say, look, Esther, we know that God put you here for this purpose. He doesn't say that. He says, who knows? Maybe it's possible that that's why you're here. Maybe there is a reason behind all this. I don't know. The implication is that maybe you are here for a purpose. Or maybe it's just time and chance. But either way, Esther, you are here. And you are the one that has the most likely ability to do anything about this. So Esther, no matter why you are in this position, you are in this position, do something about it. Use your position to serve God 
and serve his people. And of course, that's exactly what she did. And I believe that if Esther were here with us, that's the point that she would say to us. Is, Look, you guys have all got different abilities. You've all got different opportunities. You all have different circumstances in life. You all have different resources. You all have different abilities. You all have different gifts. We're all in these different positions. And what we need to do is, is use those positions in order to serve God, glorify Him, and serve His people. Who knows, perhaps God in His infinite wisdom has given you the opportunity or the resource or the ability for such a time as this. Maybe it wasn't His plan that something like what's going on in your life right now would happen and you would be specifically suited to deal with it. Or then again, maybe not. Maybe it was just time and chance. But there you are. You have the ability and you can deal with the situation. Esther would say, what I learned is, use what you have. Use your position, use your circumstances, use your opportunities and your resources to serve God and do His will. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, drives this home. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, Peter says, As each one has received a special gift, employed in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whatever gifts we have been given, God says we're supposed to use those to serve Him, to glorify Him, and to serve His people. And that's the lesson that Esther learned. That she wasn't supposed to use her position to try to save her own skin. She was supposed to use her position to glorify God and serve His people. The third lesson that we would learn from Esther is to rely on God. The book of Esther is unique. Amazingly unique. Are you aware that not one single time... How many chapters are there here? Nine, ten chapters? Ten chapters. Not one single time in all ten chapters of Esther is God ever mentioned. His name is not there. Not, not Elohim, not Jehovah, not once. It's not there. And yet I think we can rightly say about Esther that he is nowhere and he is everywhere in the book. He is never called by name, but he's in every verse, he's in every chapter, he's in every part of this story. When Mordecai said to Esther, who knows, but you were put here for such a time as this, who was he thinking might have put her there? When Esther said, fast, why did she think that would do any good? When Mordecai said, if you don't do anything about it, Esther, our people will be delivered. Why did he think that? I'll tell you why. Because Mordecai and Esther, even without ever calling God's name, were very well aware that God was involved in what was going on. And they were very aware that God was needed in this situation for the problem to be resolved. They didn't have to mention His name. They understood it. They knew it. God is everywhere here. And Esther would teach us, you just have to rely on God. Trust Him. Do things His way. And you'll be doing what's right. And God will work through you. Who knows what all manner of situations we might end up in in our lives. But the lesson from Esther is, just do things God's way. Esther didn't know how it was going to turn out when she went to the king, but she realized this is what God would want her to do. And so she was going to do it. I think about Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. You remember the parable of the talents? You had the five-talent man, the two-talent man, and the one-talent man. And the one-talent man said, even though the other guys went off and used their talents and made more for their master, the other guy said, oh, man, our boss, he is one mean guy. And he reaps where he doesn't sow. 
He'll be angry with me. If I lose this one talent, he will beat me. And so he went and dug a hole in the ground and put it in there. He didn't do anything with it. He was so afraid of the master that he wouldn't do anything. Let's not be like that guy. Let's realize that we can rely on God to take care of us. We can rely on God to be there for us. But we have to do something. And we have to do it His way. Relying on Him. And when we can stand there and say, I don't know what God's going to do with this. I don't know where this is going to go, but I know this is what God would want me to do because I've studied in His Word. And then you do that. That's relying on God. And that's when you'll be doing what's right. And that's when we'll have learned the lesson from Esther. I wish I could say that every time you ever decide to rely on God, it's always going to have a positive outcome. But Esther realized that was not the case, and I think the next lesson Esther would teach us is you've got to be willing to die in God's service. I think one of the most important things Esther says in all of this is there at the end of verse 16. She says, I'm going to the king. It's against the law. If I perish, I perish. Esther recognized that just because she was doing something that was right did not obligate God to save her life. She recognized that she might do this thing that was right, that would be serving God, that would be using what God had given her to serve Him, glorify Him, and serve His people, and God was not obligated to save her. She might die because that was the law. She realized that. But she knew that what she was doing was right. And she was willing to die for doing what was right. The fact is, God has never said that when we do what's right, He will always deliver us. Stephen was stoned. James was beheaded. Antipas was martyred. Jesus Christ was crucified. But all of these did what was right. All of these were willing to die for God. That's how committed they were. Are we that committed? Are we willing to do what's right? Even though bad things might come from it. Esther would say, be willing to die. And finally, the lesson of Esther is, we've got to learn to just speak up. Mordecai said to Esther, you've got to go to the king and you've got to talk to him. They fasted for three days. And then in in chapter 5, we've already read, she went in, touched the top of the scepter. In verse 3, the king said to her, what is troubling you, Queen Esther, and what's your request? Even to half the kingdom it shall be given to you. And almost as though she's trying to kind of bait him a little bit and and get his anticipation up so that he's more likely to do what she asks, she says to him, If it pleases the king, may the king and Haman come this day to the banquet that I have prepared for him. And so he gets Haman, and in verse 5, the king said, Bring Haman quickly that we may do as Esther desires. So the king and Haman came to the banquet which Esther had prepared. As they drank their wine at the banquet, the king said to Esther, What's your petition? For it will be granted you. And what is your request? Even to half the kingdom it shall be done. So Esther replied, And I don't know if she was just trying to heighten the suspense or maybe she got a little cold feet here. Because what it says here is that my, this is verse 7 of chapter 5, my petition and my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and do what I request, may the king and Haman come to the banquet which I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king says. And so she said, look, let's get back together. We're going to have another feast tomorrow, and then I will tell you. We're not going to get into all the stuff that happened that night where Haman wanted to be honored, but Mordecai got honored. And Then we're finally at the next day in chapter 7. They get to the banquet. 
The king said to Esther in chapter 7 and verse 2, On the second day also, as they drank their wine at the banquet, what is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. Then what is your request? Even to half of the kingdom it shall be done. Then Queen Esther replied, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me as my petition and my people as my request. For we have been sold, and I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. Now if we had only been sold as slaves, men and women, I would have remained silent, for the trouble would not be commensurate with the annoyance of the king. Then King Ahasuerus asked Queen Esther, Who is he and where is he? Who would presume to do this? Esther said, A foe and an enemy is the wicked Haman. And Haman became terrified. We know, of course, that Haman ended up being hung on his own gallows, the gallows that he had built for Mordecai to kill him. He was hung on those gallows himself. But I want you to notice that the deliverance did not come until Esther finally spoke she trusted in God, she relied on God, she fasted for three days, they had all that praying going on, but the deliverance did not come until Esther finally spoke up. And we've got to remember that. We need to pray. We need to trust. We need to be willing to die. But in the end, where the rubber meets the road, we've got to just do what God says. And we've got to stand up before all the people and we've got to speak up and we've got to be different. And we've got to proclaim God's will. John chapter 12, verse 42 and 43. John chapter 12, verse 42 and 43 says that nevertheless, many even of the rulers believed in Him. That's Jesus. They believed Jesus. But because the Pharisees, they were not confessing Him for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 32 and 33. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and 33 says, Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Both of these passages tell us that God wants us to speak up. That's what we need to do. That's when God will work through us. If Esther were here with us today, I think she would teach us some great lessons. I think she would teach us that we need to pray and get others to pray. We need to use our position to serve God and serve His people. We need to rely on God, be willing to die in God's service, and finally to speak up in the name of God, not to cower back. And when we do these things, simple, ordinary people, just like us, can be used to accomplish great things. Do you remember Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21? Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, by the power working through us. God can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all we ask or think, with His power working through us. And that's what happened with Esther. Here a simple Jewish girl becomes queen and saves her entire nation. God can do amazing things through us when we learn Esther's lessons. What an amazing story of God's deliverance as He used just an ordinary young girl, turned her into a queen, and made her a deliverer of His people. Let's remember what we would learn from Esther if we spent about a half hour with her. 
Lesson number one, pray and get others to pray. Include some fasting. Lesson number two, remember God has granted you your position. Use it to glorify and serve Him. Lesson number three, rely on God. Lesson number four, be willing to die in God's service. And lesson number five, speak up in God's name. I hope this lesson was helpful to you. And let me invite you, if somebody just gave this lesson to you, to come to our website and find numerous other lessons that we have available. You're free to download them in audio or outline format and use them in any way that you believe will glorify God and help people serve Him. If you have any questions about Esther or any of the other Bible characters about which you've read, if you have a question about the Franklin Church of Christ or about Christ's universal body, please give us a call at 615-794-2359. Or you may contact us through our website. Again, that's franklinchurchofchrist.com. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him. But more importantly, may you richly bless God.